KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio In Depth. I'm Matt Leon. A bipartisan group of U.S. senators say they have come together on framework for legislation that they hope will help address the gun violence crisis in the U.S. It comes in the wake of that tragic school shooting in Uvalde, Texas, which came on the heels of the racially driven mass shooting at a grocery store in Buffalo. Both those tragedies occurring alongside what has become a constant drumbeat of shootings across the country, many of which don't even make the news anymore. We wanted to talk about this legislative framework, what is in it. It, what should be in it and wonder if it will actually eventually become law. Our guest is Dr. Brian Wyan. He is a professor and chair of the Department of Sociology and Criminal Justice at LaSalle University. So we have had a bipartisan group of senators come together uh, on, I guess it's framework for legislation to try to address the gun problem in the U.S. Uh, for people that maybe have just seen the headlines, haven't really dug into it. Kind of give us an idea of what are some of the things that are in this framework that would be addressed. Uh, Absolutely. Well, first, let me thank you for having me, Matt, and for uh, talking about this important issue. And you know, we this this framework. Let me just back up a little bit. Is only kind of an option because of the deadly school shooting. You know, when we have a mass shooting, that's really the only thing that gets the United States and maybe this bipartisan group to work together. And you know, I think the framework, they're, they're, what they're working on, there's about four things. So uh, one of them, or kind of two of them are focusing on mental health and school safety and school security. And I'm going to start off on those two. They are the two that I'm kind of least excited about and working to reduce gun violence. A lot of the mental health stuff is important. I'm all for more resources for mental health. The problem is it's kind of backwards looking. So when there's a school shooting and the person has, you know, in a mental health crisis, We'll say, well, we need to stop that. Sure. The problem is most people who have are in mental health crises don't commit mass shootings. They're actually more likely to be victims of crimes. So we're only looking kind of it's like survivor bias. We're only looking at the end product and saying, oh, well, we, we have these people who committed a mass shooting. They have mental health. That must be the cause. So I, I'm not against that. I'm just saying it will not have a large dent in our, you know, we are really kind of American exceptionalism we are really one of the leaders, if not the leader in kind of firearm violence, not somewhere we want to be. And the second thing I mentioned where I'm kind of less excited about is kind of the school security. And the school security, they, they, they haven't really kind of talked much language of what they'll be doing, but I'm, I'm assuming what we call target hardening, making the schools harder to get into, maybe uh, having more police at the uh, schools. That th- th- Those are okay. Um, I would just say it, it's a really narrow focus on while school shootings are very important, they are just a small part of our overall gun violence. So then what were the two things that I, I know there was talk about closing a boyfriend loophole, uh, giving money to states to work on strengthening red flag laws? Uh, am, am I positioning those as the other big aspects of this? Yeah, absolutely. So thank you for bringing those up. Those, those are the two areas I would say I'm more um, encouraged about. And so red flag laws, these are sometimes they'll call like crisis intervention. So if someone is on Facebook or some social media and they're kind of acting really bizarre or they're telling family members that they're, you know, I've really had it. And you think that they might kind of do something, you know, kind of some of these kind of warning signs that we sometimes hear about with these, say, school shooting again. And this gives the police or sometimes family members, they can petition a court 
And then they, they go to the court and they can kind of take their guns away for at least a temporary time period. And why this kind of can get some support is because at least there's some due process in this. It's not just the family member or police officer, hey, we're going to take these away from you, but it does go in front of a judge and they have to make a decision. And the idea is this could stop maybe the person who is, you know, the mass shooter or someone's going to harm themselves. Suicide uh, is very kind of fleeting. It is, it's not, you know, some people might think about it for a long time, but for most people, they've had ideas, but then it kind of, it comes and goes. And if you can kind of get through that little window, they're going to be much safer. So these red flag laws, some states have them. I think about 19 states in District of Columbia have them. So this is a way where you can incentivize other states to adopt kind of similar um, laws. And, and they have been generally effective in uh, kind of reducing some of our fire and violence. The kind of other, this kind of boyfriend loophole, which you mentioned, is related to uh, kind of domestic violence. So women are, uh, not always, but majority of the time, women are going to be the victims of domestic violence. And the idea is, if you have someone who's been an abuser uh, and they have access to a firearm, that abuse could uh, turn deadly. Now, there's a small number of cases where, say, a female will use a firearm in self-defense, but the presence of a firearm in a household, uh, when there's a domestic abuser, uh, there's a higher likelihood that that female is going to die uh, than if there was you know, an absence of a firearm. So part of this is if we can encourage states to kind of limit a broader range of people who are disqualified from having firearms. So this kind of boyfriend loophole is, well, it applied to people who are married. It applied to, um, but what if someone's not married, but you know their boyfriend, girlfriend? So the, there's a little pushback because it's this is ultimately expanding people who are restricted from guns by including you know, the, the boyfriend and, and then how you define the boyfriend is kind of causing some, some difficulties, but expanding people who are domestic abusers from access to firearms is an effective way to save lives. So um, I am more encouraged um, with at least these last two that you mentioned than say the first two in terms of focusing specifically on firearm violence. Yeah, kind of. That was my next question. So it would seem to me that you've kind of broken this up into two camps, two things that kind of are important, but are more under the, see, we did something, but aren't going to really address the problem that much. And, and the, the the last two we talked about, you think these, you know, if they were enacted, they could really help? Yeah. I mean, I think it's not as far as I'd like us to go, but it is, uh, I guess, a step in the right direction. I don't want to um, uh, be critical of progress. Uh, you know, there there is progress kind of at the state level where we have not seen progress is kind of this federal level. So if there is kind of some progress, the federal level, I think that's good. It's not near far enough uh, to where we need to be um, in terms of enacting policies that will, I think, have a, a larger and wider effect. Um, I think they're too narrow, but uh, I think these last two have, and there's other things I'd be happy to talk about that I think uh, where we need to be focusing our attention on. And before we go there, I do want to kind of ask kind of a broad, you talk about, you know, the U.S. is kind of alone when it comes to guns. I mean, I, I think more there are more guns than people in the U.S., uh, but it it seems it's only a certain, a sm relatively small percentage of the population that owns the majority of the guns. What is it about this country? And I don't mean to kind of dump all that on you and how did we get here, but what is it about the U.S. that we have this thing with guns so much? Well, how much time do we have? Just joking. No, so 
We the, the U.S. is you're absolutely correct. So we don't actually know exactly how many firearms we have, but through different surveys, uh, they're estimated to be about 400 uh, million firearms. So that's about, you know, more than one per, you know, each person in the United States. We um, have kind of more firearms than most other countries that are kind of comparable to us. So when I say comparable, meaning uh, I don't know if I love the word developed, but wealthier countries, we're, we're not, there are some countries, uh, Venezuela, El Salvador, that have kind of higher fire and violence, but we are really kind of unique in this situation relative to, say, uh, Canada, Japan, uh, all of Europe in terms of kind of our firearm violence. And, you know, what do we, oh, and then you also mentioned too, uh, you're absolutely correct. So about a third of people in the United States are gun owners. You know, it used to be kind of half and it's kind of gone down. So the number of guns, the number of people or households that have guns has actually gone down slightly, but the number of guns people own have gone up. And, you know, why, you know, and I think there is, and I want to be clear, um, you know, guns have a lot of purposes. Um, They can be used for sport. People who have them feel psychologically um, kind of more comfortable when they have them, even though in the long run, it may be more dangerous for them, whether say a family member uses it or they commit or die by suicide. Um, But it does give people a psychological kind of feeling of safety when they have it. Uh, You know, I talked about sport. There is a, a number of guns that are used for defensive purposes in the United States. I think not as high as some may kind of claim. Uh, I don't want to create a straw person argument, but the, so they do have purpose. And then, you know, if you think of, you know, Pennsylvania here, it's, you know, gun owner and kind of, you know, the middle of Pennsylvania, rural Pennsylvania has, might have a very, you know, kind of need for it in a sense, whether they go hunting or for sport, or they may say, if I call a state trooper, lights on, they're not going to be here for 45 minutes. So I can acknowledge all of that. And then we also have kind of what makes the United States different is, you know, our constitution, other countries kind of have start from the, the, the position, why should we allow someone to have a gun? The United States starts from a position of why should we not allow someone to have a gun? And we want to really limit that. So I really do think, you know, some, I'm, I'm of for kind of, we have a gun availability problem and access problem. And I want to to restrict that. Um, people who may disagree with me, uh, for all for a number of reasons, you know, they may believe that guns make us safer. You know, we have so many guns. We you know we have four hundred million guns. I don't think five hundred million is going to make us safer, um, considering we're as I said we're an outlier. But they, you know, some might say too, like I, even though I know it's maybe more dangerous, I I don't believe in kind of restricting certain freedoms. And we have that kind of long history. Um, so I think that's where, you know, with our, the constitution, which I, I love and respect, it, it's kind of, we, we started a different kind of starting point than these other countries. So let's get back to the legislation. Um, you kind of talked about other things, you know, if you had a seat at this table, what are a couple of things that you would push for that maybe we're, we're not seeing? And when I say you would push for kind of under the frame of what, would be something that is possible. You know, I think a lot of people would like to get rid of assault weapons. And unfortunately, that's just not a discussion we seem to be having. So if you were at this table, what are some things you'd like to see? Yeah, you know, and I I think, um, and I think you're correct, Matt, to say kind of what can kind of realistically be done too. I have met with um, lawmakers before and I gave them ideas and they kind of sat me inside that. They said, that's nice. Um, That, you know, we got to do baby steps. 
one thing I want to preface this by saying, we don't have kind of one gun problem. We have multiple gun problems. Sometimes I think of it's like kind of four gun problems. We have mass shootings. And when I say we have different gun problems, they're going to take different solutions. We have mass shootings, which are really kind of unique. And there's not an exact definition of a mass shooting, but sometimes it's either three or four people who are shot besides a shooter. The FBI has been focusing more on active shooting events, which we often focus on now, which is kind of shooting in a populous area. We have uh, domestic violence, which mentioned here a little bit, where people use fire and domestic violence. We have kind of community uh, violence, often in urban settings, often with handguns. And then we have suicide, where suicide uh, is the actual kind of number one killer with of guns. So about 45,000 people die by guns in the United States this last year. Uh, about 24,000 of those were by suicide, uh, and about 19,000 by um, homicide. So there's not going to be kind of one solution, but instead of trying to kind of tackle each of them, and, you know, mass shootings, which get all the attention are, you know, 1%, not even 2% of all the, the deaths. So they're very important. I don't mean to disregard the, especially when you see small children, you know, being killed, but the, you know, I think if I, you know, they, if they've come to me and I've said this is really the, the, the focus needs to be on the kind of, it's called a permit to purchase, or it's, it's a licensing mechanism. So you, you need a license to get a gun. And it's a more, um, they're actually in some of the framework they talked about maybe making kind of more kind of universal licensing, but it was kind of a no-go if they made it too universal. So some of the framework they're talking about is limiting it to 18 to 21-year-olds, which is better than nothing. But, you know, an 18 to 21-year-old, a criminologist once told me there's no, there's no stupider group than male adolescents near other male adolescents. They, males do stupid things. And so, you know, at least limiting or at least delaying the access to the firearms. Remember, I talked about kind of suicide can be fleeting that, you know, instead of taking three days, maybe it takes seven days. Uh, they still have access to it. It's They're still not denying it. They're just doing a more thorough check. Have you been involuntarily committed? Um, have there other been, you know, uh, background checks which would uh, raise a red flag? And these kind of permit to purchase or getting a license they have just been found in the states that enacted them, especially Connecticut, because of Newtown, Connecticut, you know, of the shoot in Newtown. They were really the leader and or one of the leaders in passing state level legislation. And they had uh, really kind of positive results. Not only did it reduce uh, kind of the kind of urban violence, it, it reduced suicides. And then also when guns are stolen or, or not stolen, but it makes it harder for those guns if someone has to have a license to get it to fall in hands of. Uh, people are going to use them for criminal behavior. So, uh, you know, that that's like uh, would be my number one, but it's a, it's a hard sell. Um, some states have done it, but it's going to be a hard sell for people who kind of push back. They'll feel that it's um, too restrictive or it's the, it's the next step to keeping kind of a, a list of everyone who owns a gun, which some people then fear. I, I can't get in their minds what they fear, but I, I, I know that they push back against that. So that, that would be my number one thing, the kind of permit to purchase. One of the things that I'm curious about is when it comes to a lot of things we've talked about and kind of general things, you know, background checks, limiting the sales of assault weapons, they are, you know, we'll hear pundits and people say, well, we're a divided country. But really, like, it seems like every poll I see on this, most of these ideas are going 60, 70, 80 percent. You can't get Americans to agree 80% what the weather is at the current moment. So I guess given everything we've talked about, it does seem like the vast majority of Americans want like serious things done 
but is are the gun owners in the gun lobby that powerful or because we've heard a lot of talk that the NRA has lost a lot of its uh, cachet because of corruption and and things like that. But it seems to me, even if the NRA isn't that powerful, the NRA mindset has kind of taken over and it doesn't necessarily need the organization if I'm making sense because the arguments are out there. So I, I kind of guess like, you know, why can't we get more when the majority of Americans want more? So this is a great question. And and you're right. The NRA is in a little bit of, and this isn't kind of controversial. I think they NRA members disagree. They were in a little bit of disarray. They're kind of declared for bankruptcy, couldn't make payroll. They're under investigation in New York. Um, so you're right. They, they're probably less impactful than they used to be. But what they're still very good at, and, you know, um, any group can lobby. You know, I would say that why, why aren't there, you know, other groups can can lobby? Well, they, they've just done traditionally a better job at it. And they, what they're still very good at is the kind of grassroots uh, kind of gun owners who are very kind of uh, against any kind of restriction. And they're, they're, st- that, they're still very kind of powerful at that. So to, to your question, that's not the only reason. A lot of times you'll hear, hey, we want common sense gun laws. Uh, you know, 60, 70% of people agree on these common sense gun laws. And I've seen those polls too. But then there's this little bit of a disconnect when it actually goes to ballot. Some of these things that we're seeing, and I th- I'm not positive, Vermont or Maine, one of the kind of states up there, um, when they put it then to ballot, it doesn't pass. You know, it'll be close, but it, it's not getting 60 or 70% of the, the support. So there is somewhat when a, a disconnect of where people, when they're polling people and they'll say, and they'll, sometimes they'll, they'll, they'll do these polls often right after one of these tragedies. When these tragedies happen, you know, I fear a little bit, you know, it, the more time that kind of goes between the tragedy, the, the less action will happen. So I think it kind of becomes fleeting until unfortunately, you know, it happens again. And so I, I think it's all your points are, are good ones, but it just that those polls have not resulted in kind of voters um, finally, and then I'll add one more point too. Even we go back to 1994, there was this assault weapons ban um, that, that had a, a sunset clause where it, it expired in 2004. So just really quickly for the listeners, 1994, part of this crime bill, they uh, kind of banned the sale and manufacturing of kind of uh, basically assault weapons. It's a little more difficult than that, how you define assault weapon, but it didn't mean people had to, to turn theirs in. They just weren't producing any more of them. And I, I will be honest, it did not have a big, if much, impact on, on kind of crime. But one thing it did is the senators that voted for this, this you know kind of support, a lot of them faced backlash in the midterms, and, and including Democrats, especially Democrats who are kind of in the you know kind of southern Midwest. So th- there is pushback even on you know, and, and you know that was in response to a school shoot in 1989, and in, in California they said we're going to pass this. So kind of the s- same thing happening. But there is some voter pushback and um, for even Democrats. And I said in, in parts where they have to, you know, kind of be more centrist. I'm curious because what I'm about to say is an idea you kind of hear stand up comedians throw out or or and it's coming from unusual places. But when I kind of think about it, I'll put it to someone you who studies this. All right, fine. Let the guns out there. Tax the ammunition at a ridiculous number or limit the number of 
bullets a person can buy. Come at it from a a different angle. Um, is that crazy? Are there reasons why you can't attack it that way? That way people still have their guns, and if the ammunition costs a lot of money or is make it more difficult to get or something like that, then maybe it is only used in specific hunting, you know, where the ammunition is valuable to, you know, is there any, anything to that? Well, I, I mean, I think the, and I, you know, I'm familiar with the, you know, the jokes and the comedians and, and I, I get that. Um, I, I doubt I, I'm not a constitutional scholar, but I, I doubt there, there'd be, um, there'd be challenges if we try to, you know, make ammo so expensive or, you know, what's to stop someone. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I've heard that. I don't that, but I, I think to you, to kind of a, in a serious point of that there are kind of, you know, discussions. And I think it is important if you limit like the, the magazine capacity. So how many, um, you know, bullets they can kind of shoot off and the, the kind of the speed and the, the grip of the gun. And, and so if, if, you know, you limited say, Hey, this can only uh, hold ten bullets, um, or you know, more than ten, or no more than eight, or whatever it is. Um, those are actually important. So we we've seen a maybe a slight increase in mass shootings, but what we have seen is they've gotten more deadly. Um, you know, you don't see the you know the the Las Vegas shooting where I think sixty people died, but you know, four hundred people are injured. Um, that that's a kind of that's a capacity issue, and that you know the speed of which it happens. So I think there there is kind of um, something too, but I think related to, you know, you've heard about maybe, and, and I don't know how realistic it is, but make people get insurance, right? So if, hey, if you want to have a gun, that's fine, but you have to get insurance. I would just, th- there's going to be pushback. Um, you know, right now I will say to the, the Supreme court, and it's not saying, saying controversial there, they lean more conservative. Now the, the justice is appointed by, um, um, uh, Republican, uh, presidents that, you know, they, the, the Heller decision, which was, uh, I think, 2008 decision, which um, kind of re- removed some restrictions that were in Washington, D.C. We're about to have another case in New York um, where I can't for sure know what they're going to resolve. But I think the makeup of the Supreme Court is they are going to side probably against New York and, and their kind of restrictive uh, firearm. So I think these other kind of um, ideas uh are not going to be in front of kind of friendly courts. Um, and I think they would kind of in a, you know, a matter of fact way uh, end up not passing constitutional muster there to be pushback um, from those. Do you think, and I get, I think I know the answer to this, but I know for a long time, I thought, and I think other people thought that eventually we would kind of hit a a, a situation where something so grotesque happened that it really led to all sides having a serious conversation. But we had, you know, Sandy Hook, and we just had Uvalde, where little kids are, you know, lined up and shot. And, you know, we might be getting something now, but after Sandy Hook, eventually momentum ran out. I mean, my goodness, members of Congress were targeted on a softball field like, you know, so it's like there's nothing really in our the, the capacity, you think, that would take our country to take a real look at at limiting guns. You think this is just we're just going to have to to live with this and as best we can? Well, um, uh, man, I would say this kind of two points. Um, I, I do think that there 
there has been, you know, after Sandy Hook, for example, there was a lot of state level action. So it's it's not and, and you're not saying this, but I, I, I'm, I was disappointed by the lack of kind of larger, broader actions. But there were a lot of kind of impactful state level action. Now, problem with state level is, you know, the it's, it's not as if, you know, if, if you live in Chicago, you can buy a gun in Indiana and, and so forth. Or, so there has been kind of some action. But to kind of the to the other kind of broader point, the second point I want to make is there is a belief, I, I disagree with it, that the you know this kind of saying is the only way to stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. And you know, as I said, we already have 400 you know million guns in the United States. I don't think it's we have a lack of gun issues. So I think when you say what will it take, there are, are people who honestly believe it. And again, I always, whenever I talk about guns, I acknowledge that there are some guns used in self-defense. There are many uses um, of guns, but the misuse of gun, and there's misuse of a lot of tools. The problem is the misuse of guns are more lethal than other tools. And so I think the, the problem, part of it is there is this belief that while guns do sometimes are used defensively, um, I would say the kind of the bad outweighs the good. It's a kind of a net negative. But if you have a large segment of the population who either agrees that, hey, guns do make us safer, then the, the they want to do anything but restrict guns. And then also, I think you have the people who can even say, I, I can at least accept this argument. I don't agree with it, but say, hey, they don't make us safer, but I don't believe in restricting. I just believe in the freedom of I want to have a gun. So be it. It's hard. So I think, you know, two people can look at the same thing and, and have very different reactions on what is the best practice to move forward. And we talked at the beginning what was on the table with the the framework. Uh, when it's all said and done, you know, I know how these things are. And to your point earlier, the longer things drag out, the the murkier it could get. But do you think we will get something close to what has been talked about, or is this really a very fluid situation? Well, I mean, it's it's tenuous because, you know, I think you need, you know, 10 Republicans to jump on board. They're going on um, recess soon. They're on vacation. You know, it's not done by July 4th or even, you know, July 2nd. It's not going to happen, as my, my guess. Um, I definitely think, not definitely, I, I doubt there would be much contention over more mental health services and increased school safety. So I, I could see that passing, you know, with the red flag laws, you know, maybe that that's, I think less controversial because at least there's kind of this due process and even justice Scalia. So very, very conservative justice passed away a few years ago. Even he talked about in this Heller, you know, Supreme court decision, the Washington DC gun case, that it is okay to, to restrict guns from certain people. So th those ideas could, could pass. I would just say as kind of more time passes, I am not hopeful that even the, I hope I'm wrong, but even the, you know, enhanced background checks, that aspect worries me. Um, and then, you know, the domestic violence, which I think that that could be impactful. Um, I, I'm less, I'm less hopeful that, that something like that would pass. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio In Depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.